is war in the spirit. Your God-given, God-guided resource for all things truth and all things kingdom based on the word of God and the influence of the Holy Spirit. Stay tuned for this week's spiritual truth. Worship is a lifestyle. You were originally designed to be a spirit, a son, a daughter of God. Hey, spiritual warriors. Welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Coffin Green, back for a brand new episode of War in the Spirit I wasn't even planning to do an episode today, but I guess it's a War in the Spirit Wednesday and God had something to say. So you are tuned in for season number eight, episode number nine, entitled Unevenly Yoked. So God gave me this episode to teach today. Early this morning, I was just kind of sitting with God and I was just feeling frustrated and tired and exhausted and um, I was thinking about all of the relationships that I've had over the course of my life and the status of what those relationships are now and as I've gone through this process of healing and really stepping into my purpose and embracing the call on my life Um, God has had me to release some people and to cut off some relationships and to um, step away from some situations because he was showing me that they weren't good for me and they were detrimental to what he was calling me to do. And so I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about that today in this episode about uneven being unevenly yoked. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times when we think about being unevenly yoked, we think about um, being uh, married, right? Uh, If you have a spouse, most people think it's if you have a spouse that's not a believer or they're not a Christian or they don't go to church or whatever, and you are and you do, then people think, oh, you're unevenly yoked. Well, I kind of want to delve into that today because it's not just about marriage, being unevenly yoked, you can be unevenly yoked in in many different ways, in many different situations, in many different scenarios. So let's talk about that today, because I think it's so important, um, the way that God was bringing it to me, just kind of enlightened me even more as to why he's had me step away from many of those relationships that I had before. And um, he was showing me you know, that that's why he had me step away. And a lot of times, you know, this is why it's so important that sometimes God will tell us to do something that doesn't seem right, or it it, it doesn't make sense to us. And we don't want to do it because it's like, oh, but that person is so nice to me, or we've been friends for so long, or we're family, or we're whatever. And we don't think that makes sense. Because in our mind, oh, God wouldn't want you to separate from your family, or God wouldn't want you to separate from your friends. But you have no idea really what what God's plan is for that situation until you follow his instructions. And so many times God has told me to do things that I thought, oh, God, this doesn't make sense. And I didn't understand why he had me doing it until later on when the reason for him having me do it 
revealed itself. You know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. God's sight is 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 360 degrees all the way around. He can see every side, every situation, every vantage point, every every scenario that's going to happen. He's considered it. And that's why it's so important for us to follow his instruction and be obedient to him when it comes to situations like that. So let me come back around and I um, want to, let's just look at the definition of yoke. Um, Merriam-Webster says the first definition is a wooden bar or frame by which two draft animals, such as oxen, are joined at the heads or necks for working together. Hold that thought. Let's look at some of the others. An arch device formerly laid on the neck of a defeated person. Hold that thought. <laughs> um a frame fitted to a person's shoulders to carry a load in two equal portions. Um, let's see. So uh, a clamp or a similar piece that embraces two parts to hold or unite them in position. So, you know, there's so many, there's so much to say about this right now. So um, I'm kind of going to break this down and then I'm going to double back to the definitions that we're looking at. And so um, I, I want to go to uh, 2 Corinthians. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 6 where it talks about being unevenly yoked. And it says, um, this is verse 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This is verse... 14, it says, do not be mismatched with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and lawlessness share together? Or what does light have in common with darkness? Or what harmony does Christ have with Belial? Or what does a believer share with an unbeliever? Or what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell among them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean and I will welcome you. I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Okay, so first let's talk about this. Being unevenly yoked is simply being tied to someone or something that is not moving forward or growing in God. Um, see, this says do not be mismatched with unbelievers, but it also says um, come out from the mist and do not touch what is unclean. Here's the thing about this. You know, a lot of us believe, oh, if you believe in God and, and, and the person that you're connected to believes in God, then that's cool. You're evenly yoked. But no, 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 no. Here's the thing. Just because you believe in God does not mean you embrace righteousness and you live for God. That does not mean that you are clean and holy. It just means that you say with your mouth that you believe. But what about the heart part? You, you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. See, believing in your heart also has to do with your heart posture. 
And if you believe in your heart, then you also hide his word in your heart. And if you hide his word in your heart, then you also live by it and you govern yourself by it. And your life becomes fruit manifestation of that word. So the question is, do the people that you have yoked yourself to look like that? Do they look clean? Do they look righteous? Do they look like they govern themselves by the word of God? Do they do they hide his word in their heart and walk in it and talk in it? Like I say, always walk it like you talk it. God, God don't care about your talk. He cares about your walk. So think about a, a yoke on an oxen. If one is moving forward and the other is staying still, neither one reaches his destination because they spend all their time wrestling with each other. See, one is trying to move forward and the other one is trying to compensate for the one that's not moving forward, which drags that one back. So let's go back to the definitions of wooden bar or frame by which two draft animals are joined at the heads or necks for working together. Being unevenly yoked means one is moving forward and one is either moving backward or staying put, stagnant. Because it's about being evenly yoked means you're moving in tandem together. Does that mean that you have to be on the same level spiritually? No. Does it mean that, that both of you have to be in the same place in your walk with Christ? No. But it does mean that you both have to be moving forward. And I don't care if that's a spouse, if it's a friend, if it's a family member, whatever that looks like. Have you yoked yourself to something or someone that is not moving forward and that is dragging you behind schedule? Um, then look at this. An arch device formally laid on the neck of a defeated person. Now, see, that's deep because the other question is, what kind of yoke are you carrying? Are you, are you carrying a burdensome yoke? Or are you carrying the yoke of Christ? Because his yoke is easy. So that's the other question. See, a, a, a yoke is also designed to unite two parts into position together. Again, togetherness. This is what being evenly yoked looks like. Are you moving in tandem with each other? Are, are you moving? And, and oh, we're going to delve into that too. Are you moving together? So let's go back. Uh, think about the, the oxen that are moving forward and the other is staying still, right? You're wrestling. Then you're wrestling with each other because one is trying to move forward and one is staying still. So think about this. God's word says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? So if you are unevenly yoked and there is someone or something that you're connected to that is not moving forward in tandem with you and with God and where God is trying to take you, then what are you wrestling with? And it brings me to Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 12. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of, of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So if you are unevenly yoked and you have yoked yourself to someone or something that is not in pursuit of God like you are, you wrestling to bring somebody with you that hasn't made the decision to go forward. Now, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, right? Which means, what are you wrestling against? You're wrestling against some force of darkness, some spirit, some influence of darkness that that other party that you've yoked yourself to is being influenced by. So now you've yoked yourself to opposition. Again, I'm going to go back to this, this one definition that says an arch device formally laid on the neck of a defeated person. See, when you yoke yourself to the opposition, you're going to be defeated every single time. When, when you yoke yourself to, to a spirit of darkness, you're going to be defeated every single time. So if you're wrestling, you need to ask yourself, why are you continuing to wrestle to help someone else move forward that hasn't made the decision to move forward? You can't make nobody do anything that they don't want to do. I remember I had this friend and, and I, I love my friend to death, but the thing about it, and that's the thing about a lot of my relationships is that when I made the decision to get clean, to change my life, to, to look more like God, I've always been in the church. I've, I've always gone to church. I've always been a believer. I've always, but I ain't always lived my life like it. And so when I made the conscious decision to change and look more like what God wanted me to look like and to live and to walk out his word, there were some people who couldn't get with that. And you know what? The more clean I got, the more dirty they looked to me, not as in a, con a condemning way, but in a way where, you know, you put on you put on white. And then you don't want to get near nothing that's going to get you dirty. That's how it is. When you start to get clean, you're looking like, well, wait a minute. So I took the time to scrub these clothes and get them clean and to change my clothes and to put on my white garment of purity and holiness and righteousness. If I come over there by you who've been rolling in the mud, my whole garment going to be messed up. And, and it, it, it makes you, it makes it more difficult for you to tolerate darkness, unrighteousness, disobedience, because now you start to have a different perspective because many times we, I've told y'all this before, we connect with each other in a broken place right we we connect with each other in brokenness and we 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 connect as kindred spirits because a lot of times the people that we're drawn to are people that are operating or being influenced by the same spirits that we've been influenced by or have gone through similar experiences had similar traumas had similar hurts had similar wounds that we've gone through and we connect in that place here's the problem 
If you connect it on brokenness, then the relationship is built on brokenness. And what happens when you build something on a broken foundation? The house will crumble. And so when one party starts to get clean and recognize their brokenness and they start to seal up all the cracks, then they start to go, wait, I don't look at things like that, like you look at them anymore. I don't see things like that anymore. I don't feel like that anymore. I don't operate in those same spaces. I can't tolerate those same things. And so I need to cut the yoke. I, I need to separate myself. Does that mean I, I I throw you away? Maybe, maybe not. Does it mean that 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 I separate myself from you and maybe I don't want that relationship? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's for a season. Maybe it's permanent. I don't know. That depends on the situation or the circumstance. But if you tie yourself to brokenness, you will continue to operate in brokenness and wrestle with brokenness because you've yoked yourself with brokenness. See, if you're constantly trying to move forward and the people that you have aligned or connected yourself with are going backward or staying still, ask yourself what spirits you're wrestling with. You can't force people to change or grow. They have to make a conscious decision to do that for themselves. And at some point, you have to decide if it's worth hindering your forward movement to stay connected to them or you cut them loose from your yoke. And the way to always remain evenly yoked is to keep God at the center of all your relationships, not just your marriage. God needs to be at the center of all your relationships, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with your children, with your grandparents, with your family, with your aunts, uncles, cousins, friends, co-workers, your, your spouse, your husband, your wife, everywhere. God needs to be at the center of it. See, Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Why are you burdened? Because you've been wrestling with something that you've yoked yourself to that you don't need to be yoked to. Verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is comfortable and my burden is light. How long are you going to pull that dead weight? See, because when you exchange that yoke of burden and brokenness for the yoke of Christ, it's an easy yoke. See, if you keep him at the center and you allow yourself to be yoked to him, the burden is light. You ain't going to have to wrestle. Also makes me think about Ecclesiastes chapter four, uh, verses nine through 12. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower him who is alone, Two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Isn't it funny that this whole passage between verses 9 through 12, it talks about two 
Okay, if two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor, if one falls down, one the other can pick them up. But then at the end, it says a cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. See, see, you can yoke yourself to something or someone and y'all can lay down together and get up together and you can you can fall down and pick each other up. But guess what? You can still be broken. It's not until the third is added that it's not quickly torn apart. A cord of three strands, you, that other person, and God. You see, his yoke is easy. And if you allow yourself to be yoked to him, you won't have to pull dead weight because he will always move you forward and he will never leave you behind as long as you stay connected to him and his Yoke. We want to believe that being unevenly yoked means you're not on the same level spiritually or you don't have the same views, but that's not it. It's all about pursuit, forward movement. If you are both moving forward toward the common goal of righteousness and God's will, you are evenly yoked. Even if you're not necessarily at the same place, you're both connected to the yoke of Christ and he will make up the slack on the other side of that yoke. So let's just say y'all not on the same level. If you keep God at the center, he's going to pick up the slack. When one falls down, guess what? He's going to help pick them up. You're not going to have to carry that burdensome yoke. You're not going to have to pull that dead weight. So you need to ask yourself two things. Am I carrying and pulling dead weight? Am I wrestling with something that is not willing to move forward or someone that is not willing to move forward as I am willing to move forward? And the other is, if this is still hard, is God at the center? Am I carrying my yoke or am I carrying his? You know, I had a, a someone tell me a while ago, they were like, you're different. It was kind of condescending. You know, you're different. You changed. And I was like, well, thank you. I know I've changed. Why haven't you? You mad at me because I'm changing and I'm growing and I'm shifting. That's what we're supposed to do. We're, we're supposed to be constantly moving forward. We're supposed to be constantly shifting, constantly changing, constantly growing. If you stop, then something is wrong because that means you decided that you got it all figured out. And let me help you. You will never have it all figured out. I tell people this all the time. The world has a glass ceiling, but God does not. The, the world has a glass ceiling of how much education you can earn. You can get to the top degree. You can get you a PhD and then you made it to the top top. You can go, go and start over and get a degree in something else. But once you've got that PhD, you can't go no higher than that, right? Uh, you, the world has glass ceilings. Once, once you've hit the CEO, you're at the top of the company. Once you, the world has glass ceilings. God does not. The kingdom of heaven does not have glass ceilings. And according to God, you can go as high as you are willing to pursue. God don't have no glass ceilings. 
See, you can continue to grow in God. You can continue to pursue God. He doesn't have any glass ceilings. See, the question is, what have you yoked yourself to? Is it keeping you from going higher? And it brings me to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 12 through 16. It says, but the rest I say, not the Lord, but to the rest I say, not the Lord, that if any brother has an unbelieving wife and she consents to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if any woman has an unbelieving husband and he consents to live with her, she must not divorce her husband. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified through her believing husband. For otherwise your children are unclean, but now they are holy. Yet, if the unbelieving one is leaving, let him leave. The brother or the sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us in peace. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? Here's the thing. Again, if one is leaving, let them leave. That means if they're not willing to move forward, let them go. God's going to make up the slack. But see, if you, again, if you stay yoked and you keep God at the center, God will make up the slack. But again, we have to decide to move forward. The question is, are you yoking yourself to people have de- that have decided to digress or decided to remain stagnant? And ask yourself, is it worth it? How long are you willing to wrestle? (laughs) My goodness. You know, some of us are like Jacob and we're wrestling and we're wrestling and we're wrestling and we're wrestling and we're wrestling. And we're saying, God, I'm not going to let go until you bless me. Here's the thing. (laughs) He was wrestling with God. And so when, when, when when he wrestled there, God granted him the blessing. But see, the thing is, the stuff you're wrestling with can't bring you blessings. And God is oftentimes waiting for you to let go of something so that you can go forward and receive your blessing. He ain't keeping you in that space or that place for no reason. God, we always think we're waiting on God, but God is waiting on us. He's waiting on us to respond. He's waiting on us to let go. He's waiting on us to release something. He's waiting on us to be obedient. He's waiting on us to move forward. He's waiting on us to 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 uh, uh, execute some instruction that he's given us. He's waiting on us to change, to shift, to move, to grow. What have you yoked yourself to? See, because God's divine time for whatever it is that he has planned for your life to be released is when you're ready to receive it. And nothing other than that. When he knows that you've got and you've done everything that you need to do in order to steward what he wants to give you, then and only then will he release it. 
So if your release has not come yet, ask yourself, what have you yoked yourself to? And what do you need to cut loose from so that you can be evenly yoked with his will and with his word? You see, it's so funny because God, and in all this process, there's so many things that God has revealed to me. But he said to me, you know how they always say that women are from, uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And we speak different languages. And God said to me, he said, I crafted it that way. You're supposed to speak different languages because I want to be the interpreter. So God intentionally made us view and perceive things in different ways so that he can be the interpreter. He wants to be at the center He is the one, only God can judge the heart of a person or the intention of a person. We look at what people do and we think we know the intention, but only God knows the heart. And so guess what? That means that you need to go to God so that you can understand the condition of that other person's heart. I don't care if it's a spouse. I don't care if it's a friend. I don't care if it's a neighbor. I don't care if it's a family member. God wants to be the interpreter for you. He wants to show you how do you handle that person and their heart and their needs. And he said this to me. He said, I know I hold the keys to your heart. And he said, and the reason that you've had so much heartbreak and so much disappointment in your relationships with the people is because you've given out spare keys. He said, you need to require people to come through me about you. And if they've come through me, you will know it because they'll know how to deal with you. They'll know how to handle you. They'll know how to talk to you. They'll know how to treat you. They'll know how to cherish you. They'll know how to appreciate you. You ain't going to have to tell them. You ain't going to have to teach them. You know why? You're going to know that they've been with me because they're going to come at you correctly. He said, Take back the spare keys. So how many spare keys have you given out? How many things and people and relationships and situations have you yoked yourself to that are dragging and keeping you from moving forward? It's so important that we're constantly trying to move forward. Again, like I said, there's no glass ceiling. Ephesians 4, um, I'm going to start with verse 17. It says, so I say this and affirm in the Lord that you are no longer, you are to no longer walk as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. Let me help you all with that for a second. I don't care if you call yourself a believer or not. You know, there's a scripture that says, Uh, The fruit of a tree, essentially it says the fruit of a tree doesn't lie. A bad tree is going to produce bad fruit and a good tree is going to produce good fruit. 
You know, we can say we're believers as much as we want, but the question is what kind of fruit is being produced? And I don't care what your mouth says. If the fruit that is being produced on your tree is not a fruit of righteousness, is not a fruit of love, is not a fruit according to what God's word says we're supposed to look like, baby, you're not a good tree. Baby, you, you, you not. You not the people of God. You looking if you out here looking like a Gentile, you a Gentile. If you out here looking like the world, you the world. You an unbeliever. If you out here looking like unbelievers, guess what? If it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, then it's a duck. I don't care what you say, I care what you do. And then verse 19 says, and they have become callous, have given themselves up to indecent behavior for the the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn in the you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former way of life, you are to rid yourselves of the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit and that you are to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. See. If you call yourself a believer, but you're not living like it, but but you're living in in the impurity and and greediness and you're living in in ignorance and you're living in uh, anger and deceit, it's deceit. That's exactly what it is. It's deceit. You're being deceitful because you're calling yourself a believer, but you're not moving like a believer, but you're not walking like a believer, but you're not acting like a believer, but you're not living like a believer. Walk in your truth, not in deceit, trying to make people perceive you as something that you are not. You're just a tree producing false fruit. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. We are constantly supposed to be in pursuit of God, presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice acceptable to God, being transformed by the renewing of our mind, because then and only then can you prove what the will of God is, because then you're living the will of God. Remember I told y'all last week that when you get in alignment with God, you begin, his will begins, his, your will becomes his will, or his will becomes your will. His desire becomes your desire. They become one and the same because you delighted yourself in him because you've aligned yourself with him. That then and only then can you prove what his will is because you become his will. You become witness to his will because now you've yielded to his will in your life. You've cut that old yoke so that you can be in full 
speed ahead pursuit of his will for your life. Romans 1, 16 and 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, but the righteous one will live by faith. Again, we're constantly needing to be in pursuit so that we can rise to the next level so that we can receive the next level so that we can go to the next place. You know, your journey is never done. It's just legs of a race. You you might finish one leg and then God is like, a little rest. And then you had another race to run, baby. You got another leg to run. This journey that continues to go on. There is more for you to do. And the, 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 the funny thing to me is we get to the place and we the, uh, see my air quotes, niche. Where we think, okay, this is my purpose. This is what God has for me to do. But guess what? More often than not, your purpose is so much bigger than what you realize. And it can be as big as you want it to be. As big as you're willing to pursue. The problem is, we haven't seen that fullness of his will yet because too many people get to a position and they stop moving forward. They get comfortable. They say, I've got enough. I've received enough. This is big enough. I'm, 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 I'm here. I, 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 I've, I found success. But God is like, well, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. You may have found success, but you haven't gotten the victory yet. You, you haven't received the inheritance that I have for you yet. I talk about this all the time, how, you know, it, I laugh at, you know, old people, you know, older people, uh, more seasoned people, um, because they're always like, oh, I can't wait to, to get on the other side of glory so I can receive and I can see God and I can this and this and that. And I think to myself, man, don't you know? You can see more on this side. You ain't got to die just to receive God in a way. You ain't got to die just to, to receive more of what God has for you. You don't have to die. You, you, you don't have to die physically, but you got to die to your flesh. You got to be willing to put down some stuff to some truths, to cut away the yoke of bondage to receive the easy yoke. Not the burdensome yoke, but the one that's going to propel you forward because when you yoke yourself to him, you can be accelerated because now you've yoked yourself to another level of strength, to another level of power, to another level of glory. And Matthew 6.30 says, but seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be provided to you. So if you seek him, he will provide everything that you need. Again, constant pursuit. That's how you remain evenly yoked. So what have you yoked yourself to? 2 Corinthians 3 verses 4 through 6 says, 
Such is the confidence we have toward God through Christ. Not that we are adequate in ourselves so as to consider anything as having come from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as sense of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. What have you yoked yourself to? And are you ready to break loose from it so that you can yoke yourself to something that's going to move you forward, not to something that you're going to have to continuously wrestle with? What have you yoked yourself to? And is it time to cut it loose? And, and you know, sometimes people always want to make you feel bad when you decide it's time for you to separate and go in a different direction. There is nothing wrong with that. You know why? Because your life is your life. And you have to answer to God for your life. So if you decide you're going to remain yoked to someone who is keeping you from becoming and being your very best self as per according to God, you're going to have to answer for that. You can't answer for somebody else's life. Yes, God might tell you to help them. God might tell you, you know, God, God always tells me, he says, listen, <laughs> you can't jump in and save people. He said, you can throw them a life raft and they can grab on. And you can help pull them to safety, but they got to choose to grab on. See, you get in the water and they start panicking and they operating in all them influenced by all those spirits. Guess what? They're going to take you down. He's like, "Mm -mm, don't get in the water. Don't get in that water. That shark infested water. The enemy is just in there looking for some blood. And if you get in and you let that person prick you, guess what? The enemy going to snap onto you too. He's like, "Mm -mm, throw him a, a life preserver. And when you throw the life preserver, guess what? At that point, it becomes a choice for that person. They have to choose to grab on or not. But guess what? You don't get pulled into the water. You don't put yourself in danger. You're not sacrificing yourself and what God has for you to try to save someone else. That's not your job. It's your job maybe to throw them a life preserver. It's, it's your job to be a vessel. It's, it's your job to deliver a message. It's, it's your job to give encouragement. It's, it's not your job to save people. That's what Jesus died for. Stop killing yourself trying to save somebody that don't want to be saved. Stop killing yourself trying to bring somebody forward that doesn't want to move their feet. It's time to cut the yoke. Don't be unevenly yoked. Stop wrestling with that dead weight. Eventually, it's going to take you out too. It's just like a car spinning its wheels in a bunch of wet mud. You ain't going nowhere. 
You're trying to pull pull them out of that mud and they're not choosing to move forward. Cut the dead weight. Does that mean you don't love them? No, it does not. It means you love you and you love God more. And the same, the very same opportunity that was afforded to you is the same opportunity that's been afforded to them. Thing is, you chose it and they didn't. It's like somebody being mad at you for taking a job that they wanted, but they didn't even submit an application for. That doesn't make any sense. And then try to make you feel bad because you took the job, you got the job, you enjoying the job, you got the benefits of the job. And then they mad, but they didn't even bother to submit an application. We make our own beds and we have to lie in the beds that we made. We have to answer for our own lives, our own mistakes, our own shortcomings. We have to answer for the way that we live. You can't answer for somebody else. You just can't do it. Again, you can help them. But what they say, you can lead the horse to water, but you cannot make them drink. And so how long are you going to stay at that watering hole waiting for someone to drink something that they're not thirsty for? Everybody ain't going to be thirsty for God like you are. Everybody ain't going to be hungry for God like you are. And guess what? At some point, you got to be like, you know what? I'm hungry. (laughs) I got to move from this spot so I can go eat because I can't sit here and continue to wait for you to decide that you're hungry enough to get up and move. What have you yoked yourself to? And what do you need to do about it? It's time to get into a place of prayer and ask God to show you how to unload every single yoke of bondage in your life. Too many of us are living in a heavy space, in a space of brokenness, in a space of woundedness, and and, and we're carrying this weight. And sometimes we don't even realize what the weight is coming from. It comes from toxic people and and, and broken relationships. It it comes from uh, misaligned uh, connections. It comes from wrestling spirits that you were meant to wrestle with what have you yoked yourself to and when are you going to decide that you ain't pulling that dead weight no more when are you going to decide to exchange that yoke of bondage for The easy yoke. The yoke of Christ. That's all on you. And you know what? You can't look back years from now and go, God, I'm so tired. I don't have nothing to show for all this, all these years that I've lived. Or God, I'm so tired. Why, why doesn't my life look better? Why doesn't it look different? I'm charging you right now, right this very second to take inventory and take back control of your life. 
and the speed at which you pursue God. Stop letting other people drag you down and stop using that as an excuse to stay in place. Because you know what? At the end of the day, what I, I, I was talking about playing the blame game in a previous uh, uh, episode. At the end of the day, you're not going to be able to blame nobody but yourself. Well, God, well, that person dragged me down. Or God, well, this person did this. Or God, well, that, no, 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 no. God is going to say, mm-mm, baby. You got to answer for yourself and your own decisions. What have you yoked yourself to? It's time to cut that off. Be prayerful about what that looks like. That's why I said it's so important that we understand that God wants to be the interpreter. He needs to be at the center of all your relationships. He's going to tell you how to move in that situation. He's going to tell you what to do. Specifically, he'll tell you what to say. He'll tell you who needs to go, what needs to go, where it needs to go, how it needs to go, when it needs to go. He will give you all that information. And sometimes he's going to tell you to do some stuff that maybe you don't even understand why he's telling you to do it, but do it anyway, because eventually you will understand. And it will be for your good. It may be hard in the beginning. It may be difficult in the beginning, but guess what? It's always hard when you cut in something that you You've been connected to for such a long time when you when you cut that loose. And it doesn't even mean that you're leaving that person. It means that you're deciding to move forward. Does that mean that you're telling them you can't go? No. But guess what? They're choosing not to go. So then you cut yourself loose so that you can move forward and they can still move forward should they decide to. And they can meet you there should they decide to. Again, it's all about decisions but see my decision can get you in heaven my my decision can influence you my my decision can give you an example my decision can be witness to you but my decision can get you in heaven or hell only your decision can do that and i think sometimes we get so caught up in the obligation to be connected to people that we don't realize it's okay for you to move forward. It's okay for you to choose to move forward. We all make our own decisions and you don't need to feel guilty for moving forward when somebody else is left behind. But guess what? They chose to be left behind. Again, we're all afforded the same opportunity Now, some may not receive the word, but maybe God will send you to receive, to give a word. That's why I say it's so important to be a vessel, but you give the word and then guess what? They got to decide, am I going to grab onto this life preserver that you've given me or am I going to reject it? It's their choice. It's their bed. And eventually they got to lay in it. We all have to receive the consequences of our own decisions. Question is, how long are you willing to receive the consequences of somebody else's decisions? 
that's completely up to you. You gotta decide. Cut the yoke. Pick up a new one. Let God be at the center because he is going to get that other person together. That's not your job. He might he might send you for a season to give a message, to help push them along. If you're the more mature one, if, you, if you're a believer and they're an unbeliever or you're just more spiritually mature than they are, he might use you to give them something, but at the end of the day, it's just like a test, right? Once, once the, once the professor gives you all the information that you need on test day, it's up to you to perform. It's up to you to now use that information to pass the test, to move forward, to graduate to the next level. You and your friend can get the same exact information and you can choose to study it and you can choose to put it in your heart and you can choose to move forward. And your friend may choose not to. Your your spouse may choose not to. Your your family may choose not to. So are you going to decide you're not going to get your degree because they chose not to study? That you're not going to pass your test because they chose not to study? Uh Uh-uh. We are all a body of Christ. But again, the body is supposed to move as a unit that's how a body works so the body is going to continue to move forward whether you decide to be a part of that body or not is up to you are you going to let what you've yoked yourself to get left behind get you left behind It's time to get real serious and take some real inventory because I feel like people don't want to talk about this enough because we don't want to hurt people's feelings and we don't and and we don't want to rock the boat. And this is why oftentimes we overlook a lot of things that we know are going wrong in the church. And and we know that the people of God are out of position. Don't nobody want to address it because don't nobody want to ruffle no feathers and don't nobody want to rock the boat. But guess what? Sometimes the boat needs to be rocked. You better rock that boat because the flood is coming to wipe some stuff out. Accountability is what it is. It's not about condemnation. It's not about judgment. It's about healing and accountability. I talked about that in the last episode. We got to start being accountable and making each other accountable. Notice the order that I put that in. Be accountable for yourself first. And then hold someone else accountable. That's the order. It's time to take inventory for real. Not to just glaze it over and pretend like we did it. It's time to shift. It's time to move, it's time to change, it's time to grow because this mess we're doing right now, it ain't working. The body is stagnant. It is not moving forward. So what have you yoked yourself to? That's the word that God wanted me to release today. 
It's sitting so heavy on my spirit. I feel that there's such an urgency behind this. That God is giving a, a major charge to his people to move. Because it's, it's, it's urgent that you move. Because the storm is looming. And God is trying to make sure that you don't get hit. I pray that this convicts your heart, your mind, your spirit to move, to seek him for more information, for more understanding. I tell y'all all the time, do not take my word for it. Take it back to him. I'm simply a messenger. I am not responsible for you in your life. I am responsible to do and release and to be obedient to what God has told me to do. But you are ultimately responsible for yourself and your own walk with Christ. So don't let it stop here with me. My job is to point you in a direction and say, go back to God. To give you a push. So consider this your swift kick in the behind. Get it together. Take inventory. Seek God. Seek understanding. Get answers. Change. Grow so you can be free. I love y'all. I pray that you have a, a blessed week. I pray that you really let this fall on you. All right, until next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to War in the Spirit. And remember, you are a spiritual warrior. See you next time.